welcome to Stardust Records, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Linz, and this is my co-host, Savi. Hello. <laughs> and today we're joined by a very special guest, Austin. Uh, Austin, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be involved with the Star Wars community and what you got going on? Yes. First of all, thank you guys so much for having me on Love Stardust Records. So super excited to uh, talk everything Star Wars today. But yeah, I have been on Instagram for six years now and been doing Star Wars content since then on Instagram. I started doing like graphic design and then like TikTok started to get popular like in the pandemic and YouTube and such. I started to do like video content. And so now here I am, I do a podcast myself and mostly YouTube videos. So that's what I do. <laughs> we looked on your Instagram and we were like, whoa, 49,000 followers. That's so yeah. cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it took it took a while, but we got there. <laughs> <laughs> so this week at the time of this recording, or was it last week? I lost track of time completely, but Battle Scars came out by Sam Mags and both, well, all three of us. I'm so used to saying both because we're a duo, but <laughs> Linz, Austin, and I all finished it. We won't get into too many gritty details now, but what did you guys think about it without any spoilers? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, I love Jedi Fallen Order and I love those characters, so seeing them all get to shine in their own way, especially like Marin, who came in at the end of the game, so now we got to spend a full story with her. She got so many amazing things to do. So can't really talk about it without getting into spoilers. But <laughs> I absolutely loved it. And it really set up my excitement for Jedi Survivor. Yeah, I was feeling very similarly or I, everything that you said. <laughs> um, and uh, I loved that we got this familial feeling building in Fallen Order, you know, that they had come together as a crew, but they were just, they were more than a crew. They were more, they could be a family. And so we really got to see that in this book, really that they had become well-knit together and um, that no matter what was happening, that, you know, even if things got strained between them, that, you know, they thought of each other as family and, um, and really good friends and everything. And so I loved that theme throughout the book, just unashamedly showing the love between all the characters. I thought that was really beautiful. I think it really spoke to the heart of everything Star Wars. And it continued themes from Fallen Order into this book so beautifully. So, and like you said, I think it sets up really well for Survivor. It makes me really excited for Survivor because there's different things in the book that really speak to probably the motivations going forward forward in whatever plot line we're getting in Survivor. So I'm excited and it was really great. I think it's probably within my like top five Star Wars books now. So maybe even top three. I think I agree with you. Top five for sure because it's just fantastic and I totally agree with you about how it just speaks Star Wars. The found family tropes within this book and with all these characters that are so different from each other seeing them get to be a family i love it so totally agree with you what did you think savvy <laughs> yeah i mean you guys already both said it it was definitely like a great setup or survivor i feel because we did we got a lot of depth with Cal in the first game. Leading into the second game, like there's obviously this time jump. So it was just really cool catching up with the characters and seeing what they've been doing without really like, getting into a super deep plot line. It's just like this very, okay, here are the characters. We're going to show you how they've been feeling, like how they've been processing certain things, how they've been reacting to like the status of the galaxy. So it was just really cool to catch up without really like, like I said, it's like a nice little... Here are the characters. You're going to get more of them later. 
but I really enjoyed it. I finished it in like <laughs> in 24 hours. It was so good. Sam does a really great job capturing all of them, I think. And I love the way it like jumped between POVs. I thought that was really fun. That was one of my favorite parts too, was the switching back and forth between the points of view. And so like, you know, we see things from Cal's point of view. And then later on, we see it from Marin's point of view, the same situation. So we get both of their feelings on a matter. It was a good stepping stone. It was great. <laughs> and speaking of books, there's going to be a couple more books coming out this year. There's probably more than a couple, but so far, uh, yesterday we had a couple announcements on Twitter. We have, we've got Star Wars Dawn of Rebellion, the visual guide, and Pablo Hidalgo mm -hmm. did this visual guide and it's going to be awesome. And I've heard that it's saying here that it's going to delve into the Rebel Alliance during Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor. So we're going to get more little visual guide tidbits on those, um, those shows and then we're also getting from a certain point of view star wars return of the jedi so it's going to be 40 stories celebrating 40 years of return of the jedi and there's some familiar names on here from for me i'm sure you guys recognize maybe more than me but jason fry Kristen baver ali hazelwood i was so who... excited to see her name <laughs> <laughs> yeah she had a best-selling book the love hypothesis and before that she started as a star wars um, fan fiction author so it's neat to see her come full circle and be able to write a um a canon piece. I think Adam Lance Garcia, I think Suzanne Walker, Fran Wilde, Alyssa Wong. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited to see it. And I've read the other ones. I've read some of the other ones. I think it was Empire Strikes Back is the one that I read. And I just, I loved all the little stories in there. It was so fun to see things from a certain point of view. <laughs> Do you guys have anything to add to our book announcements? Any exciting feelings other than excitement? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm excited, but also I love the From a Certain Point of View books because a lot of authors get to get their start there. Like a lot of um, the authors that we see writing bigger books or even like someone like Sam Max wrote Jedi Battlescar. She wrote in uh, Stories of the Jedi and Sith. So it's these like kind of collection books where they bring in new authors. So I'm excited to see if some of these authors, like maybe Ali Hazelwood, will get to write full-length Star Wars novels someday. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. I I hope so. That would be so cool. It makes me hopeful because I would love to be an author at some point in my life. And so then I'm like, if they can do it, maybe I can too. Yes. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I don't recall in The Empire Strikes Back, from a certain point of view, wasn't there a story about a tauntaun handler on hoth and then there was his like his boyfriend that came and like rescued him and they got off the planet together i think that was in that one Probably. i don't know i think it was that was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that was my favorite one i just thought it was so cute and the tauntaun's name was sunshine so oh, yeah. I, I love i love those stories that's it for kind of the news, recent Star Wars news. Yeah, I think we could probably move on into discussing Chapter 18. Yes. It's released this week. We were pretty excited about that. It was a bit of a longer episode than Chapter 17. And I feel like it moved the story along a little bit more. What did you guys think of the... So soon in the season, we got, we got Din going to Mandalore to the mines to redeem himself. I thought that we would get there a little bit later in the season, but... Right off the bat, we just immediately went to Mandalore. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing that it was going to be the whole season long. We're going to get to the Minds of Mandalore set up in Book of Boba Fett. So like, I guess we've already waited a year. So 
it's interesting that they got it out of the way, but it also has me wondering, like, okay, what is the future of this season going to hold? Like, I'm excited now because you don't know what to expect because, you know, besides, like, New Republic stuff in the trailers, you really only uh, see them talking about the minds of Mandalore. So who knows what's going to go from here? I, same feelings. I was kind of thrown for a loop. I'm like, oh, wow, we're really he's there he's in the mines and oh my gosh there he is at the at the waters and then it made me think because Bo Katan came into the episode and she was a big feature in it and they kind of seem like they're teaming up it made me think about what Bo Katan said in the last episode where she was talking about how the like the Mandalorian people are scattered um, her forces are scattered we think about how Din's people are separate from the main Mandalorian like people everybody's scattered basically and so Din and Bo represent two different I don't want to say types is I don't know if that's the word but two different Mandalorian belief systems I suppose you could say and I I would assume that because now they're teamed up perhaps the rest of the season will revolve partly around them trying to bring the Mandalorian people back together in some way so and that really excites me. I'm ex- I'm really stoked for that because we've seen them broken for so long throughout all of like the Star Wars content that we've gotten and so to hopefully potentially have the Mandalorian people come together again would be really beautiful to see. That's my basic thought on that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I want to see all of Mandalore come together and it's interesting too because like you said these two coming together really could set the precedent for all of Mandalorian or all Mandalorians to come together um, and set aside those differences. Cause Bo-Katan even mentions earlier in the episode, like Mandalorians are killing each other, fighting each other for reasons that she can't even begin to explain. So it's, it's horrible, but hopefully this season, or at least maybe just the Mandalorian show in general, by the end of it, we have a United Mandalore, where we can, you know, put aside our differences. Do you take the helmet off? Do you not? Who cares? We're all we're all Mandalorians. So I would love to see it. <laughs> yes. I feel like we've seen in previous Star Wars media with Mandalorians, which I think is mostly like Rebels and the Clone Wars. If I think just those so far, I'm excluding Mando, but they seem like very family orientated people in those instances, like Clan Wren with, you know, Sabine and her mother and then Fen Rao and always being there for Bo and Kanan and even like Ahsoka, not that Ahsoka is a Mandalorian, but like Ahsoka with Bo, they're just always looking for family and like reaching out and family isn't blood. So it's just really interesting to see that growth and then it being so kind of separate in Mando and it'd be really interesting to see if this season kind of like pulled that back together like to show that like Mandalore is one again and it would be so poignant if it was Bo and Din like from two completely different spectrums of the Mandalorian people doing that I think especially because like Din's like group that he comes from they were very knit together very closely and then obviously like the rest of the other factions essentially like have been separated so it'll just be nice to see by the end of the season everybody coming together in this episode aside from predictions on where this is going to go for the rest of the season 
I loved how we got so much of Grogu, so much of, I feel like of his personality and his growth since being with Luke. And obviously we got to see some of his abilities shown off and how capable he is, even though he's just still a little baby. I loved seeing him having listened to Din especially about like the star maps and everything and then we see him actually like put that into a, f- a practice to go get bow mm-hmm. i thought that was really cute um yeah i just loved how much we got of grogu in this episode as like his own little character and i, I know we got him like throughout the other seasons and stuff but this really felt like he had his own agency um i just loved that i agree i love seeing grogu being independent for like the first time because even before he took off in the ship it's like he's walking around by himself because din is captured so no i really like that and i really liked how these last two episodes really have shown how much you know grogu and din Djarin, they've evolved over time and how close they've gotten but also how much grogu has you know just gone insane with you know learning different things like when we see him jump into Pelly's arms it's like oh wow like we saw him learn that in Book of Boba Fett so I really enjoy that because it feels like this long journey that we've had since 2019 with the Mandalorian and Grogu is like really paying off so I'm enjoying that so much. It has been really fun to see Grogu grow because it feels like we've kind of like grown with him a little bit we got him at a very, in 2019, which was obviously right before the pandemic and like, you know, we all know what happened. But um, yeah, it's just been so fun watching him become who he, he has become. And it's fun seeing how Din and Grogu have like developed this familial bond too. And it's different because like Grogu is just this little green guy and Din is like this big tin-headed man so it's just a fun dynamic and watching them together every episode i just feel like it's such a treat and this episode we got grogu and Bo, which was personally my favorite part of the episode just those like little few minutes we had of her talking to him and him just like babbling back especially when she brought up the jedi and how mm. she spoke so highly of them in that moment I just thought that that was such like a great little addition to this episode. Just saying like, how good are you with the force? Like she she knows what to ask. And I love Bo. And I liked her a lot in the Clone Wars. But I feel like she's growing on me even more. Which I didn't even think could be possible. But she was so good yeah. this episode. I, I pers- My favorite part was, I mean, obviously, just seeing her with Grogu and how capable she is and then how capable Grogu is but then um I think my favorite part was when she like saw and sensed that you know they were going to be attacked and she just like kind of pushes him slowly out of the way I thought that was like so cool she is amazing to me she's like Grogu's mom now a mother to many yes (laughs) we got Din bathing in the mines of Mandalore like the the water special fountain of youth water i guess <laughs> the forgiveness fountain <laughs> but he didn't do it for very long because something pulled him underneath the surface i was shocked i had I, that part wasn't spoiled for me because i actually watched it today at the time of this recording but i was like a mythosaur <laughs> austin what did you think about that part well first i want to ask do you think that he got 
pulled in or do you think he fell in i think he fell i think he didn't realize there was a drop and he was very heavy and he just <laughs> fell i was giving him the right. benefit of the doubt <laughs> no. i think i'm pretty sure he just he just walked off the edge and fell Right. Oh my gosh. The little like shot of him just laying there on the ground. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he either fell or something yeah. pulled him. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't think that he uh was dragged in because when they get to the mythosaur, it's like the mythosaur didn't want to attack Bo Katan or anything. So I was like, interesting. I, I thought that whole scene was just very interesting. How so when they first get to the mythosaur, the, the, the mythosaur is not ready to attack Bo Katan or man or anything. And also, if you see like how far Bo-Katan went, like there was like he was he was far. So I really just think he just dropped down with the heavy armor. Um, but also, I thought it was very that whole scene was just so interesting to me because you have Bo-Katan like kind of mocking Mandalorian culture like the whole time or not necessarily their culture, but just that specific way that Din Djarin follows. And then you see her like making fun of like the mythosaur story, almost like they didn't straight up say like she doesn't believe that there was a mythosaur or anything. But like when she goes down and she's face to face with a mythosaur, I was just like, that is an interesting route to take it because now it's just like, like not that it's like solid evidence that the way is like important, but it's like, there was some truth to a mythosaur being there in the minds of Mandalore. And so I'm interested to see how that affects Bo-Katan. Like, I don't think that she'd ever like go as extreme as like Din Djarin or anything into the Mandalorian way. But I do think that this is going to be the start of them two kind of coming together and being like, okay. And like maybe Din Djarin, he realizes he doesn't need a helmet to, yeah, Mandalorian and Bo-Katan, she doesn't need the Darksaber to be a leader. So I think that that was just like a really cool start. And also it could be kind of symbolic if they are supposed to be like restarting Mandalore. If Mandalore started with a Mythosaur being defeated, if they defeat this Mythosaur, that's kind of like a symbolic way of saying like, yeah, it's it's restarting. Like this is the new Mandalore. I totally, I, I love that. I think the Mythosaur is going to be so important and I hope it is because the mythosaur has been a staple of the Mandalorian culture pre-can or pre-existing canon now. It's been a big deal in like the past Mandalorian centered books and where it's been mentioned. You know, they'd have like mythosaur like skulls near where they lived and stuff like that. Or like they'd it, it was a really important deal. And so the fact that there's one that's still alive on a Mandalore that they thought was ruined is crazy and also i think that with when Bo is explaining to din about the process of when she was a prince you know as a princess going through the all like the traditional pomp and pageantry of like coming into her own at like coming of age and everything and her father there watching her proudly and she's just like oh it was just all for show and then to realize, no, it wasn't for show. There was a mythosaur there when she was there and that it wasn't just like, just this, you know, like a show. It wasn't a show. It was real. And I think that she's become disillusioned as time went on, as she's been defeated like multiple times, as Mandalore has been bombed to glass, how people have abandoned her, 
how she lost the dark saber she's been disillusioned to like you know she used to be really proud of mandalore and about being a mandalorian and so i think that what's what she's encountered in the waters and seeing the mythosaur and also seeing din's devotion i think like kind of how you were alluding to i think it's gonna really like change her and maybe revitalize her belief in herself and the mandalorian people maybe she'll want to be like hey i was a leader before like i was in line to lead and my family was really important and what we did was really important and maybe i could still be that and so i think it's going to be along those lines and I'm really excited for it because she's such a cool character and I think she deserves this. I think that this really will change Bo-Katan and also maybe she'll kind of remember like that Mandalore is worth fighting for like she sees Din Djarin and then also like with Grogu too kind of seeing the future of what Mandalore could be through Grogu. I think that she's really learning that she can be the leader that she was supposed to be before and also that mandalore is still worth fighting for even after all the destruction that it's went through mandalore the planet and man like the mandalorian people are like very similar to each other they have like a really like some symbiotic and also sim like, like a symbolism of a connection between each other and so they've both been through a lot and they've both been like broken and so I really hope they lean hard into that in this season and we get to see like some real healing and feel really good about them. What what do you think, Savi? Oh, you guys keep consistently hitting the nails right on the head. So <laughs> I would feel like I'd just be repeating, but we have seen a lot of Bo and we've seen a lot of Bo's people and like the people of Mandalore and like, you know, with Satine and, you know, the siege. So it's really interesting to like just see Bo and like her mindset and what she's going to go through this season and the thoughts that she may be having about what she has known her entire life and like what she's grown up with and the people that she's been surrounded by so it's just really interesting that this like one Mandalorian Din who really didn't have any like significance in like the essentially like the broader Mandalorian culture meaning like Satine and like all of the wars and the battles like he's going to probably convince her with a few certain things like with with the waters and then seeing the mythosaur like I feel like she's going to go through this process and it'll just be really interesting to see unfold especially because I think that Din is going to go through a very similar one so I don't know like like her always trying for the dark saber and and din like with the helmet and not wanting to take it off i think it'll be really interesting if they just like ditched both wants and needs to just focus on the greater people rather than like trying to atone for something mm-hmm. inside so there it'd be, just be cool to see them atone for mandalore rather than personal wants and desires i guess hopefully i'm saying that right but i get you i get you <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i'm excited for the rest of the season i'm glad that it sounds like katie is in most of it so more bogaton i i hope that they mention make mention of satine at some point because it would feel very strange not to in some way i feel like they have to you know yeah it it would be interesting to see them kind of go into depth i want to know what Bo was feeling after all of these years about satine because we really only got that in animation and i just want to know 
where she, where her head is at now. I think that we will. I hope so. I feel like we will. I think it would be very strange not, even if it's just like one mention of her, just one time, and I'll be like, okay, I feel good about this. It was cool hearing a little bit about her father. Yeah, I was surprised pleasantly. <laughs> I want to hear about Satine too. I wish in that moment when she was talking about her dad, I mean, I know that it was meant to like symbolize like Grogu and Dinjarin, like Dinjarin's a dad now, but like I would have loved to see her mention her sister who also died fighting for Mandalore you know just like her dad did but um hopefully hopefully in the future because like you guys said I'm sure we'll be seeing lots of Bo-Katan so it was also really cool seeing Bo read Mandela oh yeah just read it off on, that plaque on the thing yeah that was yeah. really cool I was like no speak it <laughs> but I'm waiting for the day they speak Mandoa and the Mandalorian, but I don't know if we'll get it. Did we get Mandoa at all? In we, anything? Did- we got the armor speaking Mandoa, but like the, it was numbers. The numbers. She was counting. So it exists. I want to just, I just want to hear it. That'd be so cool. Oh, mm-hmm. we completely skipped over the like bionicle that captured him. Okay, yeah, we gotta rewind. We yeah, gotta rewind. We gotta rewind. What <laughs> in the heck was that? I thought that was so Star Wars. I won't lie. Like that mm-hmm. was so like painfully Star Wars. The moment I saw it, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> this has George yeah. Lucas written all over it. Yeah. I loved it. Look looks straight out of like Revenge of the Sith or like the Force Unleashed. Like if you think oh, of like yeah. Grievous's like robots or uh, even in the Force Unleashed, I feel like every planet had some sort of like robot with like I don't even know how to explain it. It's just the it's just the same vibe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It reminded me of that worm guy. I know he's not. It's not the same thing, but like the snake worm guy in the junkyard in the Clone Wars with Maul. Oh, I just yeah. got oh, yeah. I got the same kind Ugh. of weird vibes <laughs> as that. What the heck? Like, where did it even come from? How long was it there? Like, okay. Have you guys seen the movie Robots? A long time ago. Okay, well. Like the animated one? Yeah, with with Ewan McGregor. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you remember the scene where it's like the, the, like, evil robots, like, rusted robots? (laughs) And they're, like, singing that one banger of a song. Oh, very vaguely very vaguely reminded me so much i was like this looks like something out of robots i feel like they're all gonna break into like a working song (laughs) yeah i see it now i see it i didn't even think of that yeah it just like came to my mind immediately it reminded me also of like a doctor who thing okay yeah i'm saying i like the weird like creatures inside of other things and stuff it reminds me of that too i love it pure star wars i did get the vibe okay so if we're done talking about chapter 18 i did see a rumor and we don't normally like address rumors a lot but this one i feel like it's been like continuous but the pirate what was his name the one who's like (gasps) yeah okay Gorian Shard. I love him so okay. much. Gor- Gorian Shard. Apparently he's the villain in Skeleton Crew. <gasps> or like one of the reasons why that crew like ends up on the outer regions or something like that. I know we just like jumped directly into Skeleton Crew, but <laughs> I'm I'm yeah. okay with more of him. I am too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a cool like little hmm. I saw that. 
and it made so much sense to me when they said like because it's a mandoverse show about kids and like navarro has kids and so like the rumors are too that it like all ties into that first episode of like navarro and the pirates and such so yeah i was a uh, very interested in hearing that i mean i was like watching back episode one after hearing that because i watched both of the episodes again yesterday i feel like you can really tell because i mean i mean watch it not actually be true but i feel like you can tell that they were setting something up when you see like his really cool design but it's just one and done in 30 seconds it's like yeah i hope that guy comes back so yeah there's a rumor that jude law's character is the teacher at the school in navarro Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really interesting too i was like Oh, I was excited for Skeleton Crew, but now I'm like, ooh, <laughs> is it coming out? But yeah, no, I anything to see more pirates. And then a lot of people are like, well, the costumes are, are like the jackets that the pirates were wearing were very similar to like Hondo's. So I know yeah. Lens would be over the moon if we got live action Hondo. <laughs> we need Hondo to be in something soon. I miss him so much. He is, I, I don't know, I would say... Like, I have a lot of favorite characters, you know, like characters I really love in Star Wars. But for some reason, Hondo, I just love him so much. He's, I think he's just like, I think he's my favorite character. I just like saying he's my favorite character because he's just amazing. Like, you can't beat Hondo Anaka. He's just so awesome. <laughs> so please, yeah. please, I hope he's in, in one of the shows coming up. It'd be awesome. He's um, Winnie the Pooh, right? Same voice actor? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Oh man, come, come I'm a fake Hondo stan because suddenly his voice actor. Yeah, I think it's Jim Cummings. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty cool. They should just use the animatronic from Galaxy's Edge, right? <laughs> and put his voice in it. Yeah. Well, I think it is like it's Jim Cummings. Yeah. But yeah, that animatronic. I don't know if either of you have seen it, but yeah, it's crazy mm. good. It. I feel like it would be great for. Well, and also the pirate um who was like kind of the leader of the group that we see on navarro um that caused all the problems he was a i think his species is a nikto which is close to um a weak way yeah a weak way like like you know what i'm saying like it's a similar i think that and they did so well on those characters like yeah they really did looked really good so i think that they would do really well um uh, with whatever sort of um, uh, like props and, and, and facial like animations or just uh, practical effects and stuff. I think they do really good for him. So, yeah, exciting. That's one thing I think that Mando is so strong in is the the alien and the creature effects. Like I was re-watching the first episode of season one and just that bar scene because it was just filled with aliens like I think that Din was the only human but it was well besides the bartender but it was crazy good like just the the like movements on the tendrils and I was like oh my god the they they are really strong in the in the creature department I feel like no yeah I agree with you guys that the animatronics on the aliens are really good like think of like Cad Bane even from Book of Boba Fett it was like all that was practical so yeah I agree I would love to see Hondo and then even at Galaxy's Edge they have the animatronic and then isn't it on the smugglers I don't even know what it's called I haven't been to Galaxy's Edge but 
I think there's like footage of Hondo as well, like on one of the side yeah. panels. I think you see like Poe as well. So yes, they've already like filmed stuff with him before. So I guess it's possible. Yeah, and the stuff it's you get the mission from him, like when you sit down. So yeah. I, I recently went in like December, but you sit down and like the screen is next to you and he pops up and it's obvious it's like a person in a costume, but yeah, it looks, right. it looks great. It, it would be mm -hmm. cool if it was similar to the Cad Bane situation where the voice actor is the, mm -hmm. like does the voice. It, I feel like they could bring live action Hondo to life. If they can do Cad Bane, they can definitely do Hondo. Well, and it would fit. He would fit perfectly in the timeline too, because we know he is a lot alive and well through the sequel trilogy. So this fits perfectly fine if he showed up in the new show, Skeleton Crew. Skeleton. This has become a Hondo Anaka, <laughs> a podcast episode. <laughs> episode. Yes. Um, yeah. There was also this speculation that Thrawn would be in this season of Mando because of. I guess trigger warning, live action Thrawn. But <laughs> there was like speculation because Katie Sackhoff at Emerald City Comic Con was like, she didn't say anything when somebody asked. Oh. She made that face. So I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. so. It'd be weird to see him in this season, but I've heard a lot of rumors, and I don't, I don't know what to give like credit to. I don't know if I want to give any Same. credit. Do we have closing thoughts on everything? What what do we what do we what do we what do we want to say? I feel like for the rest of this season it'll be an interesting journey with Bo and Din because I feel like we all speculated that the minds of Mandalore would kind of be like a final step for him. Like I thought that there would be like a lot of time in between here and there. So I am really excited to see where the season goes because it seems very focused on like Mandalore as people. And Bo and Din, and we're obviously going to get more of everybody and Grogu. It seems less focused on Grogu and Din and more focused on like a broader spectrum of other things that we haven't quite seen yet from the Mandalorian. So it'll be really cool. I'm really excited. And I really like this episode. And the next episode apparently is a bit longer than this one. So I'm excited to see where they go with that one. So... No, yeah, I agree. And I'm excited for next week's because, like you said, it's super long. I think it's the longest Mando episode. So I'm excited to see where it goes. And of course, they left it off on that cliffhanger because I'm dying to know what Bo-Katan's like, next words are going to be because literally we spent this whole episode with her making fun of like the Mandalorian way. And now she's face to face with a Mythosaur and I just, I want to know, I want to see her face, like take off the helmet. I want to see her reaction. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been uh, such a, you know, great start to this season. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see Moff Gideon again. I just, I want to see him get beat up. <laughs> yes. I completely forgot about like the whole, the whole Imperial yeah. side of the story. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think. Cause I think it's that rangers of the new republic is being written into season three and four so like whatever okay. was going to happen in rangers of the new republic is like happening here now so i'm excited to see that oh i yeah. i had no idea i had no that. idea either i'm excited yeah yeah i think we're gonna see are we gonna see coruscant in this season i think i thought we saw coruscant in the trailer 
We saw mm-hmm. some city planet. Yeah, because I remember people were speculating that like Mon Mothma might be in this season, but Yeah. Oh my gosh. Now you got me thinking about everything that could happen in Rangers and New Republic. I have to not think about it. But please, <laughs> please let Thing Kyrell be in it. <laughs> um yes. Yeah. So I yeah, this was a great episode. I'm excited to see. I know we're all just so excited <laughs> to see what's gonna happen next. Um yeah, I wanna know if uh if din got any water in his helmet or not you know he was down there a while he was coughing so i don't know if it got like inside um i'm sure going down that far has got to break the seal somehow but any hoosies <laughs> um yeah it's gonna be great i'm excited um thank you for coming on austin it was really great to meet you and to get to hear your thoughts and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime that'd be awesome yes thank you guys so much again you guys have a fantastic podcast so i really appreciated talking about uh mandalorian season three with you guys yeah where can we find you online where can our audience find you find me on instagram swe austin on twitter swe austin zero and then on youtube austin swe because I don't have the same username on everything. <laughs> me neither. Me neither. Uh, and we'll link well, those in a thread so our listeners can find you. And then, Lens, where can we find you? Oh, um, I'm at a cosmic love on Twitter and at Rebel Risen on Instagram. And on Instagram and Twitter, I'm Andorisms. And then for any news updates on Andor, you can find us at News Andor on Twitter nowhere else uh and then you can follow our pod at twitter on twitter at stardust records without the o so no o (laughs) just stardust records (laughs) but um next week we'll see you for another review of the mandalorian season three chapter 19 and we'll talk about battle scars too we've been wanting to give people time to read it so we don't spoil it thanks so much for coming on again and we'll see you next week Bye. Bye. <laughs>